time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now let's join your host, Ben Bagley. Welcome on into Cougar Post Game Live. I am Ben Bagley. Let's get your reaction to tonight's game as BYU beats Arizona State 27-17. In what was an exciting finish to the game. Chime in on Twitter. You can tweet at me, at Ben Bags. And this stat via ESPN just moments ago on the broadcast for the first time in program history. BYU has beaten AP-ranked teams in consecutive weeks. Now, they did beat back-to-back games in 2009 with the bowl game in between, but in consecutive weeks, first time in program history. BYU has gone back-to-back weeks beating AP top 25 teams. The nice thing about this win over, over Arizona State It'll be interesting to see how far on Monday BYU climbs in the polls. You'd like to think that maybe they swap spots or at least climb into the top 20 for BYU. The eyes of the nation were on this game. And just looking at a couple of post-game reaction tweets out there on Twitter. First, Dax Milne watching the game in Washington after playing a game earlier this week. Says Cougs 3, Pac-12 0. Breck McMurphy, uh from the Action Network tweets, congrats to BYU for clinching the Pac-12 South Division title tonight. BYU now, yeah, they're 3-0 against the South Division with one game left on the schedule. And Andy Staples, here's an interesting one from Andy Staples from The Athletic saying, they're showing BYU's remaining schedule graphic right now. How would we feel about a 12-0 BYU? Because that seems plausible. Three games in, maybe a little bit early to go there, Andy, but... Hey, Cougar Nation sees you, and they appreciate the attention. And then Fox Sports' Joe Klatt says this BYU football team is good, they are bold, and they are well coached. So the nation watching BYU tonight. And what what happened, the, the interesting thing is watching that final drive for BYU right at the time BYU needed it the most. They'd struggled almost from the last drive of the second quarter through the third quarter and into the fourth quarter, just not being productive, not getting anything done. Then with 6.37 left, BYU takes over the ball with a 21-17 lead right after a Arizona State field goal. They take over the ball at their own 23. 11 straight run plays. I'm going to run them off real quick. 11 straight. Algier, 17 yards. Hall keeper, 7 yards. Algier, 4 yards for a first down. Katoa, 4 yards. Algier, Zero yards, but a 15-yard face mask penalty from Arizona State. First down, BYU. The 15th penalty of the night at that point for Arizona State. They finished with 16. After that, Katoa, nine yards. Katoa, five yards. First down. Katoa, minus two yards. Hall keeper for 13 yards. First and goal, BYU. At that point, Hall leaves the field with an injury. Algier, one yard. Algier, one yard. And then after 11 straight run plays, a little play action where Baylor Romney stumbles in the backfield but still finds Isaac Rex in the back corner of the touchdown for a TD and the final score of 27-17. But right when BYU needed it the most was when this team stepped up and after not being able to run the ball at all throughout the night, they come through. The offensive line opens up holes. Tyler Algier, Lopini Katoa, uh, Jaron Hall all having big runs on that drive, and BYU gets the job done when it was needed most, gets the victory, 27-17. to 17, BYU are, are the victors tonight. Fans, remember when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50 at participating Papa John's 
this coming Monday and receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah locations on Monday only. Coming up, we'll go down to the press conference room where Kalani Sataki and players will address the media. Cougar Post Game Live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You've seen those BYU license plates on other cars, but haven't gotten your own yet. Well, it's time to rep the Y on your ride with specialized BYU plates. You don't have to wait until your registration is due. The annual fee counts as a tax-deductible donation to BYU that goes 100% to student scholarships. And if you get them this year, your first year is free. There's no reason to wait. Go to alumni.byu.edu slash plates to get yours today. They say good things happen to those who wait, and we've all been waiting so patiently. Good things are coming, yeah. I know good things are coming. Together, we have made a difference. Together, we can continue to make things better. Things are getting better real fast. I can feel it in my bones. We know now it's time for a comeback. Together, anything is possible. Comeback, it's time for a comeback. BYU Radio. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Welcome back into Cougar Post Game Live. I am Ben Bagley. BYU gets a 27-17 victory over ASU. Moving to 3-0 on the season. The Cougars undefeated. Moving 3-0 on the season. Their 12th straight victory at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Checking some some scores around college football as we wait for the Zoom press conferences to begin. There is only one game in the top 25 currently still in action, and it's a close one. Uh, number 12, 13th ranked UCLA comes from behind and has a 30-26 to 26 vi- 30 to 26 lead over Fresno State. The Bulldogs do have the ball with 5.59 left in the fourth quarter. We'll check some more scores here in just a second, but first, we'll pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. This is Cougar Post Game Live right here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. I am Ben Bagley, and BYU beats Arizona State 27 17. Checking some other scores. From around the nation, the University of Utah suffers their second loss in a row, falling 33-31 to San Diego State. That was a 3-0 overtime game after the Utes scored 14 points in the third quarter. The fourth quarter, excuse me. Uh, both teams scored touchdowns in the first OT. Neither team scored in the second OT, so they go to the two new two-point conversion rule. The Aztecs scored on a two-point conversion. The Utes did not. Now the Utes are one and two on the season. BYU hosts University of Southern Florida next week here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The Bulls got their first win of the season today in a 38-17 win over Florida A&M. And in two weeks, the Cougars take to the road to Logan to face in-state rival Utah State. Tonight, the Aggies move to 3-0 on the season with a 49-45 win over the Air Force Academy. Looking at a couple other top 25 games 
on the on the docket tonight. Number one, Alabama traveled to the swamp to face the 11th-ranked Florida Gators, and the Tide got off to a quick start with a 21-3 first-quarter lead, but the Gators make a game of it in the fourth quarter, but fall short 31-29. Alabama continues to be undefeated on the season. 10th-ranked Penn State scores one touchdown in every quarter. 22nd-ranked Auburn did not, and the Nittany Lions beat the Tigers 28-20. to Two upsets in the top 25 today. Michigan State beats 24th-ranked Miami in Miami, 38-17. And future Big 12 comrade West Virginia beat 15th-ranked Virginia Tech, 27-21, winning the Black Diamond Trophy on a goal-line stand at the end of the game. One other score to give you, to keep you informed in the Pac-12, uh, Arizona falls to northern arizona 21 19 so arizona 0 and 3 on the season this just in the wildcats not good just in case you were wondering byu gets the victory tonight you can send in some of your your responses tweet at me at ben bags uh this coming in right off the bat from uh chaplain church from cougar chaps he says at ben bags this byu football team has heart and there's no doubt about it. And I think we just discussed that in the fourth quarter when they needed they needed someone to make a play, when they needed to make plays. The offensive line all night long wasn't able to, to, to get the push, open up the holes for the running game, just really struggled on the running game throughout the night. And then, that, then 11 straight run plays on that final drive, chewing up almost five and a half minutes of clock, resulting in a touchdown uh, to, to seal the victory. And BYU gets the win. 27 to 17. Uh, more of Cougar Post Game Live, including getting to the locker room with some interviews. That's coming up after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You are listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Throws wide open, and it's a catch made for a first down. For more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Post Game Live. My name is Ben Bagley. You can tweet your reactions at me, at Ben Bags. We'll read some of those in just a moment. BYU's 27-17 win over Arizona State. BYU moves to 3-0 in the, on the season. We talked earlier about uh, the nation standing up and taking attention uh, on Twitter of what BYU is doing. This this just came in from Sam Kahn Jr., a writer for The Athletic. He points out that BYU at Baylor on October 16th, he says, quote, has some potential to be a good game. By the way, just in case you're wondering, Baylor, uh, a dominating victory today in the Big 12 uh, over Kansas Oh, this just in from Greg Rubel, too. BYU is the only 3-0 FBS team with all three wins versus P5 opponents. So, Cougar fans, look at that. Attention throughout the nation and in the broadcast booth all at the same time. Thank you, Greg Rubel, for that. Uh, now, back to the Baylor score, 45-7 over Kansas today. Baylor gets the victory. Baylor also 3-0 on the season as, as – uh, uh, as as they said on the athletic, that could that game has some potential coming up uh, later this year in October. A couple of tweets coming in from Cougar Nation. Let's read a couple of them. I like this one from at SwishLive59, who says, "Love this team. Proud of Baylor for coming in and sealing the deal. Go Cougs." Uh, this one from Jarrett Webster says, "Back to back weeks with five plus minute scoring drives to ice the game 
It's what good teams do. You heard Riley with the kind of the, in the fourth quarter, the play-by-play, tell the story of his kids coming to him with the, with the same book over and over again. We've all had that experience as, as as parents, but this is what good teams do. I mean, the, you're not going to play a perfect game from start to finish, hardly ever. But tonight, BYU did what what they expected, what, what a good team is expected to do for the for the third straight game. They let their opponent go on a 10-0 run to get back into the game. But as that door opened for the opponent, the Cougars slammed it shut. In the last two nights, last two games, excuse me, they were with, as just pointed out here by Jarrett Webster, five-plus-minute scoring drives late in the game to not just ice the game, but just to close the door hard on their opponents and get the win. BYU with the 27-17 win. This coming in from uh, Drew Hare, 16, at BYU football scoring margins versus Arizona, plus 8, versus Utah, plus 9, versus Arizona State, plus 10. If the trend trend holds, BYU will beat Baylor by 14, USC by 19, and the Crimson Tide by three touchdowns. Wait, wait let me think about this for a second. So you're going you're to go Baylor, USC, Crimson. Oh, I see what you did there with Alabama. That would be a national championship game. Easy. Let's not put the cart too far in front of the horse there. Hey, this coming in from a, a, a good a, a, someone we all are aware uh, know of. This is from at Bam Bam's Barbecue. Tonight, Bam Bam shattered its all-time daily sales record that we set just last week against Utah. So huge shout-out to Cougar Nation for the love. And they, saying the karma 3-0, keep it going, Cougars. This from uh, Zach McKenzie. The Tyler Algier chase down strip looks like the end of Remember the Titans. That's interesting. It is. Yeah, yeah, that was that play from uh, Remember the Titans. Was it Rev that came from behind and stripped him? Oh, it was Petey, excuse me. Petey, I was correct in the broadcast booth. By the way, speaking of that play, the strip from behind from Tyler Algier, Got the attention of one NBA All-Star and gold medalist, Draymond Green, who tweeted after that play, wow, heck of a play, 25. So Draymond Green watching the BYU Cougars and Tyler Algier getting it done right there. BYU gets the victory, 27-17. That's going to wrap things up for Cougar Post Game Live. If we get back, it'll be Cougar Post Game Live. Your final score uh, coming up next is the big, excuse me, the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. Greg Rebell, Riley Nelson will get you into the locker room for post game comments. That's all coming up next. BYU gets the win, twenty seven seventeen over ASU. All right here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Listen up, Cougar fans! Now is your chance. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skid, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. Stop by local Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. And let's go right down to the BYU Zoom Room, and Kalani Sitake is at the podium. We should be hearing Kalani speak to reporters via Zoom momentarily. BYU 27, ASU 17 is our final. Let's go to the coach. He's taken a big, long swig. He's been doused as well. Let's go to the coach. Plays, uh, talk about the victory. 
yeah, was, I mean, a lot of fun. Obviously, I, th- I think we could have done some things to help us out a little bit more and not make it so, um, <clears throat> such a, a uh, heart attack there. Um, I think it uh, made, made a lot of people nervous, and uh, we just got to find ways to not make some, so many mistakes. But I think you have to give a lot of credit to, to Arizona State. Um, you guys saw that they have tons of speed, athleticism on the, on the defense, special teams and offense. So um posed a huge problem for us. Uh, we're just fortunate that we were able to make a few more plays and get a, a couple more turnovers to help us out. But um, we, we know that we made some mistakes that we can play better. So we're really looking forward to getting better from this week. Um, but I, uh, I again, we, we, we're going to get some really good teams. And um, uh, I was just really proud of the way our guys played and, and really proud of the, the outcome for this one about uh, Tyler Algiers play after the interception cuz that's going to be one we see for a, a long time I think. Yep. And and that's I, I think that's that's exactly we I don't mind him being uh, a good example of what our our team is all about. You just don't quit especially when it looks uh bad and looks down and you know it takes someone to just try and, and um Really proud. Of, I, I I think he would just him making the tackles is a huge huge key play for us. But him going in there and, and poking the ball out, it, it, um, gave him the game ball because that's that's what it it's all about. I mean that's those type of plays they, they help you win games and we have a bunch of guys that do things like that. I mean the the opening kickoff with I think it was Talmadge Gunther, um, you know went in there aggressive, made that play. And um, so I, I, I really – I had to watch the film, but I really believe we went against some really good defenders in this game and, and um, just really fortunate that we were able to make more plays and, and get get the win. That's, I'm, I'm really proud of our coaches. I'm really proud of our players. And, man, the fans are amazing. They're so loud tonight. And um, <clears throat> everybody was yelling. I, I was telling the people here that I looked up in the stands and it just seemed like everybody was yelling and making noise. And I'm really, really thankful that they did that. It, it, huge advantage for us. Matt and then Norma. Kalani, what can you tell us about Jaron Hall's injury? You know, I, I don't know enough about it right now. Um, we'll have to take a look at it. I, I, I don't know exactly the details of it. So, um, uh, we'll, we'll see. We're hoping it'll be good. It'll be good. I, I'm happy that he walked off, off the field. So, yeah, Kalani, you touched on what Algier um, meant. His whole play meant for the team. But what does it mean to be able to have a quarterback that was going down? What looked was going to be a sack, throws an interception, gets up, chases. The defender as well and puts himself in position to recover that fumble. Yeah, I mean that's just really thankful. Our, the type of guys that get the coach, you know, and, and uh, they they love representing their families and what BYU is all about. So they're going to give it their all. And then um, you know sometimes it, it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But uh, we we told we we always mentioned that that with high energy and and high effort we can overcome a lot of mistakes and. We've kind of lived that way the last three weeks, but uh, you know we 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 need to just minimize as many mistakes as we can, and 
fundamentally play better football, football. and and I, I keep saying that <clears throat> we keep got to keep playing better football. But uh, we're going against really good athletes right now. This, we played three uh, Pac-12 teams in a row. I don't know how many teams have done that. Have played P5s, three P5s in a row, but we have, and and we've been in the position where we played these type of games and had had to dip into our our depth, and and um, we had to do that this week as well. And I'm sure we have to do it next week, <clears throat> but. I'm just glad that the coaches and our strength staff and the rest of our our, our our staff really helped develop these young men and our young men work hard. So um just thankful for that. Can you talk on the physicality that you guys faced this game and just how you guys were kind of tested on your depth? Yeah, I mean, I think you guys saw Keenan went down and, and, and um, you know, we needed our backers to step up and um, – they're playing some physical football. They run the ball, um, and looked like uh, we had to just rally back and find a way to <clears throat> to get out of drives and things like that. But I was really proud of the way our other linebackers filled in for Keenan uh, for Keenan Peely missing. And um, I'm trying to think of it. And, you know, obviously when Jaron went out, having Baylor stepped in, so um, we trust Baylor. And I think a lot of people just thought we we're just going to run the ball, and, and that's why I love what A Rod chose to do, which is give it a shot and let Baylor help us win the game. Dana and then Mitch. Yeah, Kalani, I was just going to ask about uh, Baylor. What, what did you tell him? He's going in there, biggest moment of the game, and uh, and he comes through. It's just, just something that you expected he'd be able to pull through. You guys have seen him play enough now. You know that the composure he has and, and just how calm he is. He has a great demeanor about him, a lot of confidence in himself and his abilities. And um, I know A-Rod trusts him just like I do. The team, the team trusts him. So when he went in there, we, we don't feel like we have regular backups, especially that position. We, we feel like we have those three guys that can come in and help us win games. I think I've said that to you guys before, that we think they can help us win games. But, um, you know, we needed him tonight. And, <clears throat> and uh, we, we feel like we have a lot of great depth on this team. And you just never want to be tested as much as, as – as much as possible, we would we like to keep everyone healthy. But when you play this this high caliber of football, these type of tough teams in a row, and, and it's a violent sport, sometimes injuries happen. And I'm glad that we were able to have guys step in and, and fill. And then you mentioned the crowd. I mean, they really made a difference, forcing all of those false starts on that one drive. Uh, have you ever heard this place that loud? I mean, last week was pretty loud too. So it's a, it's. It's just nice. Just just stay loud and, and uh, make everything difficult for for the opposing teams. I, I really happy uh, with with all our our fans and, and glad that uh, they can feel comfortable about our team being ranked and, and the type of teams that we were able to to, to beat. You know, but we've got to move on and got to learn from this. And I, I still believe we can play better football. I, I really do. And I, I give credit to the teams that we've played, especially ASU tonight for making things hard for us and difficult for us, but we've got to find a way to learn and get better and make sure we play our best uh, next week against South Florida. Kalani, with ASU making things hard and difficult, uh, your coaching staff made quite a bit of in-game adjustments. Just How did you feel about your staff and their ability to adjust uh, in-game? In, in yeah, I, I was really proud of the way that they, they uh, adjusted, and that was in every, a lot of different ways in special teams. Uh, defense and offense, and and listening to the halftime adjustments, uh, A Rod and, and and Elisa made, uh, I thought were really good, and they lean on their 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 um, you know their their assistants to help them out, and so got a lot of great um, 
um, experience in there and, and just really happy. And then they, I love how they collaborate with the players and get some feedback and, and decided on, on making some adjustments along the way. I, I think you remember the first touchdown was set up by a big play that we gave up and we're being aggressive and, and trying to blitz and it just didn't work out, you know? So uh, that doesn't mean that we stopped being aggressive. It means that we play clean football and that we find other ways to keep in the, keep approaching. It was like, I, I liked the way he kept blitzing and kept changing things up. And on offense, it was tough sledding, man. They, they were really stout on, on defense and stopped the run. But, um, you know, we just kept plugging away at it, and, and the run started to open up a little bit more. I thought Keenan Paley was, was on crutches at the end of the game, and then Dick uh, Oldroy didn't play. What can you say about their status uh, right now? Yeah, um, Oldroy is the same, similar. I mean, it's not – his isn't for the season. Um, Jake uh, – you know, he, he had some, some tightness and things like that, and we, we needed to move on and get um, Justin ready to kick for us tonight. Um, with uh, Keenan, we still have to evaluate it. It, 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 it looks like a, a, a leg injury. We have to just kind of get an MRI and, and make sure we get that finalized. But he wasn't able to come back, and so that kind of tells you a little bit more about his injury. He did walk off, but we want to take a look at it and make sure that we have all that. And if, if, if it's a season-ending injury, I'll tell you guys on Monday. Jared, last question. Kalani, Jared, you talked about being aggressive, and Jaron was aggressive right there at the end of the half, going for a one-on-one there in the corner, turned into an interception. Do you like the aggression, even though it didn't pay off in that circumstance? Or I know taking care of the ball is a big deal, so how do you kind of evaluate that moment? I just like being open to all of it. You know, <clears throat> when the play call came, I thought, I thought it was a good play. The corner just made a great play on it. Um, Gunner had the ball in his hands. Corner came down with it, and uh, sometimes that happens. And obviously, there's an easier way to just play more conservative and maybe kick the field goal. <clears throat> but I, I, I just felt I have to trust the coaches and I have to trust what we do in practice. And, um, yeah, it, it didn't work out. But there was a time when it was fourth down, and we were deciding if we were going to go for it. It was kind of fourth and long, very similar to last week, you know, and and um, we decided as a staff probably to punt it. And I think we pinned them on the five-yard line. And, I mean, I, every part of me just wanted to go for it, especially because we had the success from last week. And and, um, and it was good to, for us to talk about it as a coaching staff. And for me, A-Rod, Ed, and the rest of the offensive staff to talk about it and, and just, you know, trust our defense to get it done. And so we were able to get a great kick by Rico, who's been kicking great all, all night. And uh, he pinned them deep for us. And then we – right in front of the rock, you know, and you're able to make a lot of noise for us and then we were able to, you know, make play. So I'm um, just really thankful that it all worked out, but I'm, I'm always open to, to hear and talk about different things. I really believe that uh, there's plenty of time in between plays to have some really good conversation and, and make a good final decision. Then you just live with it. You know, it's, uh, of course I would love to have more points and after, after the first half, but um I just, I just like our players and our coaches to feel comfortable giving advice and giving thoughts on what they want to do. Awesome. Thanks, Coach. All right. Thanks, guys. Stay safe. Thanks, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show continues. Brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your local Big O for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Max Tooley and Isaac Rex in the BYU Zoom Room. Let's head there. The wide receivers, the 
uh, tight ends, running backs, O-line, quarterbacks even. Um, this offense is really deep, and I felt like we could even play better tonight. You know, there were some times where uh, we kind of got stopped or lost our momentum, but uh, we have a lot of fighters on the team. Dick and then Sean. Yeah, um, Isaac, I was just wondering, there's so many big plays in this game that, that turn momentum around. If you were to choose a one, if, if you're watching the game as a player or being on the sidelines or being in the game, which one maybe stands out as, as you think about this win? Oh, easily uh, Tyler chasing down the, the linebacker and forcing the fumble to get possession back. I, have, I mean, Tyler just went back to his linebacker mode and he literally – save the game for us because what they would have went up if um, they would have went up if uh, they they scored that touchdown so Tyler's hustle was by far the most important play I feel like in this game thank you Isaac I, I was going to ask you the same thing about that play what 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 does that play a play like that do for you guys I mean just watching Tyler go full professional wrestler uh as it were to knock the ball out like that i mean how does that juice you guys up to to then finish out the game i guess oh i i mean for someone to hustle that hard to run all the way back when you're dead tired run probably 60 yards and make a play for the whole team oh i mean and have the awareness to try to get the ball out because um Obviously, he's a, he's a linebacker. He hasn't held the ball that much, and so probably doesn't have the best ball security. Tyler literally made that play and um, – or made, honestly, the game um, saving play. All right, Norma, last question for Isaac. Yeah, Isaac, um, saw you out there on the field just sort of egging on the fans, the crowd – how important were they to this game? And have you maybe learned a little bit more than the cabbage patch to kind of dance it out after big plays? The rock was probably the key. They were literally the 12th man. You know how the Seahawks have the 12th man. They, they, the ASU offense couldn't even hear the quarterback when they were over by the rock. I think they jumped off sides. They were like five times. It was, they were literally the difference maker in this game. And they're such uh they're so energetic. They have such good, um, you know, awareness of what's going on in the game. And I just love the Rock so much and all the BYU fans. Awesome. Thanks, Isaac. Thank you. All right. Questions for Max. Let's start with Ben and then we'll go to Jared. Max, uh, take us through that, uh, interception, uh, big momentum shift. What was, uh, uh, what was your assignment, and how did you get in the right place and execute on that uh, INT? You know, that's just uh, 11 men on the defense uh, uh, executing. You know, Peyton, obviously, with the big hit. Um, I thought he was going out to the fly, and I was ready to break on that, but I saw Peyton uh, lay the wood on that um, screen, and you, know, you got you to gotta get those. That's what they say. Um, that's what our coaches say. Anything in the air, you got to capitalize on that, and I'm just happy I was in the right place to – make a play on the ball, so. Max, how do you assess Tyler's linebacker skills on that play? We've been talking about it, of course, but as a linebacker, uh, how, how do you grade him on that play? Oh, man, that was 
200 IQ. Absolutely. I mean, watching that, um, you know, seeing the, the interception and game time, it was, it was a, you know, a dagger in the heart. Um, to watch Tyler, his instincts, his uh, awareness, um, obviously honing his, uh, his linebacker days. I still think he could be a first-round linebacker if he's fully linebacker, honestly. But, um, I mean, that was a huge game changer, huge momentum shifter. Um, you know, ultimately, I think it's one of the biggest plays for us winning the game. I saw you also nodding as we were talking about the crowd. I mean, they had the ball with the chance to take the lead in the fourth quarter, and that's always big on the defense. And you guys did get a lot of help with a lot of flags thanks to the crowd. What's that like as a player? You know, the difference between playing a second and third down and 10, and second and third down and 20, 25 towards the end, you know, those are some of the, you know, the most important plays. It makes coverage so much easier. You keep everything in front of you. You got so much field to work with. Um, you know, like Isaac was saying, with all credit to the Rock, they were monsters tonight. They brought the energy, and you know, obviously, it paid off with all the penalties that the offensive line and their offense had. So. Okay, we'll take last questions from Sean and then Mitch. Max, I probably don't need to tell you this, but this game started really, really fast. I think you guys scored in like 40 seconds, and then ASU goes right down and scores right away too. Uh, and then it slowed down a lot and became a slugfest. Just how did things change so much from such an offensive game, I guess, early on, you know, lots of big plays and, and whatnot, to where you guys really just controlled the tempo, tempo like you did, uh, both offensively and defensively, I guess. How would you guys slow it down? I mean, obviously, we, you want to start fast every play and, or every game. Um, and, you know, Tom mentioned with that huge play on kickoff, that, that really set the tone. But, you know, you, you play based off of what happens next, you know. And uh, our offense maybe had some three and outs. Um, but our defense, we're, we're up for the challenge. We're always having our offense back. Um, if they can't get it done or we can't get it done, we, we always rely on each other to uh, play it. And we knew that. You know, playing a ranked ASU team, it was going to be a dogfight the whole way. So I think we just trusted our process, trusted the scheme, um, you know, played hard on defense. I know the offense played, played their bus off as well. So it's just trusting the process, trusting uh, our technique and, you know, making plays. That's all that matters. It's third straight week uh, opposing team had scored 10 unanswered points. Was that a situation where you guys thought, okay, you, you got them right where you want them, I guess? Sorry, can you say that again? Sorry, I missed the first part. Yeah, third straight week, the opposing team scores 10 unanswered. Was it a case where you guys rallied together and thought, hey, we got them where we want them? You know, yeah, obviously, we've, we've been dealing with that all, all, all season. Um, and I think our defense is always ready to step up to the occasion. Um, you know, like I said earlier, we got their backs, they got our backs. And uh, I think no matter what, what the situation is, no matter how many unanswered points there's going to be, we're always going to play tough and we're going to, do what we know how to do. So. Awesome. Thanks, Max. Thank you. Truly more of the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. Yeah, no, I feel good. It's got the wind knocked out of me. Oh, some big boys. So it is what it is. Uh, now, Baylor, I mean, that's what, what do you expect from the guy? I mean, we know that's what he does. So I'm proud of him. I'm happy for him. Um, you know, he just went in and did his thing. You know, he cold turkey all game and, and just goes out and makes plays. So. Super happy for Baylor, you know, came through in the clutch for us there in the end. So you are, as of now, you think you're okay to go next week? Yeah, yeah, yep. Get healthy tomorrow, get feeling good, and get, get to practice on Monday.
And, uh, you know, Arizona State, another challenging team that you guys faced. Uh, maybe how would you describe the the challenges they, they posed for, for your guys' offense? It was kind of felt like it was an up-and-down game. Yeah, I don't know, man. Honestly, thinking about the game, I feel like it was uh, it's kind of back and forth. You know, to start the game out, we didn't run the ball super well. They had a, they did a good job with their front front seven. Um, then we opened up the pass game, started moving the ball, scoring points that way. Um, in third quarter, I didn't do very good. I missed missed some throws that you know we could have capitalized on, um, and just felt like a dogfight all game long. You know, but uh, again, comes back to all twenty two guys that play plus. You know, those who come in. You know, everyone had good energy and, and just kept the flow of the game, played hard and. You know, the other day we won the game, so. Jay and then Ben. Yeah, hey, Jaron, how do you describe this team three games in? What uh, what are some words you'd use to describe but what's looking like to be a pretty special team? Warriors, man. We haven't won by the prettiest numbers, by the biggest, you know, Difference in score, but we grind it out from the beginning to the end. You know, even when things spill down, we, I don't think we ever lose our energy. And so it's a group of guys who are bought in, who really love each other, who love, you know, Coach Kalani and everything he teaches us. We're bought into this culture, and it's, it's contagious, you know. Um, I think it's just a different team than, than what you see in the past, you know, at BYU. So we're just continuing to build off of last year's great season and, you know, hopefully just make that who we are. <clears throat> Jaron, a lot of people don't realize because you've been in the program for a while that you've only actually completed maybe four full games. Uh, this is your fifth game. You're still learning. Um, I know expectations are high, but kind of take us through your mindset of uh, I know Kalani is all about love and learning. How are you uh, kind of progressing through your challenges, you know, your adversities uh, through five games in your career? I think just being able to slow the game down in big situations um, when you have a lot of momentum, when you're pushing the field, you know, being smart, taking care of the ball, you know, which I felt like I've done a really great job of up until, you know, the game here tonight. Um, but really just that, you know, just, just having some maturity about you in those big moments, um, understanding when to go and take your shots, when to, to see plays through, and then when just to, you know, take the loss and, and minimize, you know, the loss there. So I'm still learning, you know, like you said, it's five games, but, you know, at the same time, I've been here for four years now, and I feel like, you know, I'm pretty, pretty mature. Um, so I just got to be better, make, make better decisions. But, uh, you know, thankfully there's 10 more guys on the field to play with you, and I'm just blessed to have the teammates I have to carry us tonight. How does it also feel to be able to kind of take a few shots and, and be able to pop right back up and, hey, I'm good, let's go for the next sure. rep? Feels good, man. Spent a lot of time the last year taking care of myself, you know, making my body a lot more pliable and, you know, better ability to take those shots and get back. So, um, you know, it still doesn't feel good. It's still football. There's still big boys, obviously, you just saw. So it is what it is. And you just try to, to move forward and avoid it the best you can. But uh, crunch time calls for it sometimes. So it is what it is. On and then, Jared. Sorry, I think my internet cut out for a second there, Jaron. Um, but uh, you you mentioned there there were mistakes. Kalani talked to us that there were mistakes, how, and yet you guys are still standing here three and zero after three wins over Pac twelve opponents. How good does it feel to be able to be three and zero, but also know that you know you still have a long way to go. You can still get so much better. Yeah, I always say it's it's better to learn from your wins and your losses. You know, historically in the past, you turn the ball over twice like that. Um, usually, you're not going to win those ball games. But uh, like I said, we have a resilient team. 
cost and energy, cost and trust in each other, offensively, defensively, special teams. It's, it's a very special group, you know, to be 3-0 with the uh, the competition we played. So I'm just um, – I'm so happy to be here with these guys, and you know, I'm ready to get to work again with them this week. How nice is it as a quarterback, Jared, to be aggressive in some of those moments? I know the end of the first half resulted in, you know, that cornerback made a really nice play on the yeah. ball. And then the last touchdown that Baylor threw, I mean, that's an aggressive call when you could have settled for a field goal and went for it. How nice is it to be a player, you know, with a coach that wants to do that? Yeah, it, it, it just breeds confidence into our program. You know, Kalani and, and, and A-Rod, they, they're all about it, you know. I think we've learned our lesson from years in the past. And, you know, it's who we are as an aggressive team who go make plays. And when stuff doesn't work, we got some of the best running backs, the best line in the country, you know, and they go make plays for us. So it's very balanced. But, you know, our approach is always to attack and then just feed off of that however the game's going. So it's just, it means a lot to, to see the trust that our coaches have in us and whoever's in the game. Brandon, last question. Jared, can you just assess the offense uh, currently and what you've seen through three games, uh, uh, what you like, things you could work on? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think we can still open up the pass game. You know, a lot more completions to be had on the field. You know, a lot was left out there, more yards, um, potentially more points. Um, you know, we're averaging in the mid to high 20s right now, and I think with the guys we have and, and the play calls we have from Coach Roderick, we can we can you know tear this thing open. I think it's it's coming. Um, so we'll just continue to stay at it. Um, you know, again, I think our offensive line has absolutely killed it this year, and our running backs. You know, they've they've helped us in a lot of a lot of positions, and our receivers have made plays when they've been given the chance. So I just got to be better, honestly, and and you know I'll continue to work work at that. But I'm super happy with my guys and the way they've played the last three games. You know, we're three and zero against good opponents. So what more can you ask for? Um, so I love my guys, and, and we'll continue to get better and, and make more plays. Awesome. Thanks, Jaron. Thank you. Thanks, Jaron. Jaron Hall. That is Jaron Hall. The Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show continues after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You are listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Running to the right side and right into scoring territory. Hi, I'm Ned Siegfried. It's great to see the Cougars back in action. For the strip as opposed to the tackle, did you just see the ball out there or or, or is that just the linebacker in you going for the ball? <laughs> literally just just trying to do my part, trying to do my part. Literally anyone would have done it, but, but I, was, I was the one that did it, so. Ty, that was almost exactly what I was going to ask you about what was with that play was, was where did you kind of learn that move and maybe a follow-up? Have you ever thought about a career in pro wrestling with the way that you kind of climbed <laughs> on the dude and punched the ball out? Yeah, it literally came out of nowhere. It literally came out of nowhere. I was like, shoot, let me, let me try something new, and then it ended up working. So grateful, grateful it did. Ho- hopefully it caught us a dub. All right, Ben, last question. Tyler, um, you know, when you were a defensive player, you led the team in tackles. As an offensive player, you're leading the team in rushing. Um, is there anything you, you, you can't do? And um, how do you think that that sets you apart from, um, you know, other football players in, in college football? And, and, and does it make you stand out for, do you think, NFL scouts? And I know you're focused on the next game, et cetera, but how do you think it makes you stand out? Um, I would hope it makes me – Stand out a lot, but you know, it's literally just what Coach Kalanian always says, and uh, A Rod and all the offense. Literally just doing your one eleventh, and that's 
That's what I did. Literally just interception, literally saved, literally saved us from a touchdown. Literally just hauled my butt and then literally just ended up making the play at the right time. Right place, I was just at the right place at the right time, so I ended up making the play. So grateful for that. It was a physical game. There was a face mask on you. It looked like it was a little bit of a dirty play. What was your reaction to it? And what was uh, the coaching that uh, Harvey gave you on the sidelines? Yeah, literally. Literally, it was two in a row, literally to Peeney and then to me. So, literally, it was just like, literally just met, screw the reads. Literally, just make them pay. Make them pay. You know, they're, they're playing dirty, playing dirty towards the end. And then, um, but... We ended up just sticking it, sticking to it. It was like 12 plays in a row. It was a run. So, you know, literally we all came together and literally just pounded. Literally wasted like six six minutes, I think, on the clock. So, literally just did our thing. Awesome. Thanks. You're good to go. Thank you. Thanks, Tyler. Algier and the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show continues. We may Recording actually stay. Stopped. Yep, it did. Uh, we may stay in the uh, Cougar Locker Room area. And when we have a Uriah Leatawa on the headset, we will let you know, get a word or two with Lopa. Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson up here in the broadcast booth, Mitchell Juergens down in the Cougar locker room and press room area. And when Lopa pops on, we'll have a word or two with him. Let's hey do guys. this. Oh, are you there? Yep. Lopa, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Very, very well. First up, crazy fact, crazy trivia. What's up? I found this out today while doing some research on another project. You signed with BYU in 2014. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's 2021. Last I time I checked the calendar. That is nuts. I know. I still feel young now, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm old. <laughs> that is crazy. But well, I'm not the you. oldest. No, no, you're no. Well, who's older? I'm going to put my boy on the bus. Uh, it's Neil. Neil's way older than me. <laughs> okay, we're gonna, I'm, I'm going to do some more research now. By the way, Earl was also in that class of 2014. Yeah, me, Earl, Joe, Neil. We're all in that class. That's crazy. Well, hey, uh, but yeah, to uh, current events. Wow, what a what a what a win, what a win tonight. Yeah, how, how fun was that? Amazing. You know, everyone just did their job. They were a tough team. You know, coming in. I think our student section helped our defense so much. And just a shout out to Tyler. That was an amazing play. I, of all my years alive, I think that was the greatest football play I've ever seen. <laughs> just to hustle and then just to remember to punch it out. Oh my gosh, I was like. We got to do it for Tyler. Everyone on the defense was just rallying for him after that. Now, people say he played. He played. Um, he, he played. You know, defense or he played offense like a defensive player or whatever you want to say. Well, he was. He used to be one of you guys. Yep, he used to be a linebacker in 2019, and he's always. You know, Tyler's actually my roommate, so he's been my roommate since 2019, and he's always hungry. Even when he was a walk-on, he was always down to go work out. He's a great player, man. I'm so proud of him. And if you go back and watch it, I think I want to see it again, but I think he stumbles like halfway upfield or yes. downfield, and he regains his balance and then picks up his top speed again and gets this big dude and hangs on for the ride and does a great – I mean, that that was technique. That was oh, a great was punch, amazing. wasn't it? Yeah, that was just picture perfect, everything, yeah. Tyler did amazing. That was probably the play of the year. Lopa, so three games in, and this team, you and your boys have not trailed. Obviously, Arizona State, it was the game was tied for a little bit today. But uh, it doesn't seem that the confidence wavers. Is it that you guys are supremely confident, you know, when in Arizona State and Utah, there's these moments in the game where it looks like they're mounting a comeback, but you guys are able to snuff it back. Is it that you're able to do that, or is there doubt, but then you guys are able to, like, turn it back around? What's the mindset on the sideline to be able to weather these storms and little bouts of adversity and come away with wins man 
there's never any doubt. I think our our off season has helped us, and last year was not a fluke. I've been preaching that, and all the leaders on the team have been preaching that. Last year was not a fluke, and I don't know why everyone seems to think it was, but we have a lot of guys coming back with the same mentality where, like, no matter what the storm comes, we're ready for it. And on the defensive side, especially on the defensive side, we want to make sure we have our offenses back. If they score, our offense scores, we want to make sure that they stay with the lead, you know. We have each other's back because we be grinding against each other all the time. And in practice, it's always a fight between us. But when game comes, we have each other's back. Never do we blame the offense like, oh, man, they need to score more. Or the offense never says to us like, man, you guys need to stop them. It's always, hey, we got your back. We're going we're gonna to go out there and just ball. And, you know, we trust our coaches. We trust our game plan. Sometimes it's not the most prettiest on the defensive side, but we get it done because we trust in each other. And last year was just not a fluke. I, 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 I can't say that enough. Last year was not a fluke. We're ready, and we're a legit team. Four more turnovers, takeaways for BYU on defense and special teams. I'll call special teams in because the game starts with that fumbled kickoff return that you guys turn into a touchdown. Yeah. You guys are getting after the ball. Yep. Um, Coach Kalani loves special teams. Um, Coach Lamb does a great job. Shout out to Talmadge. That was an amazing – he's a receiver, and he – Everyone buys in, especially on this team. No matter what position you play, no matter what role you have, everyone buys into their role, and everyone believes in their role. And Talmadge, he's been a walk-on forever, and he's just a fighter, especially on his offensive side. And you can tell he wants to play no matter where it is. And that just shows he, he made an amazing tackle, full speed. That That's a great offensive – I mean, not offense, a kick-returning team, you know. That, that guy that returned the kicks, he returned a lot of kicks last year in five games. And Coach Lamb just – drills it into us that special teams is just as important. We saw how big it was for us this year, and especially today. Uh, give us a – was Arizona State the toughest test? It, from up here, it sure did look like it. it a lot of good athletes, great quarterback. The defense was really stout against uh, the BYU offense, at least, uh, you know, stopping mm-hmm. the run. Yeah. Give us your assessment of this Arizona State team uh, three games in. Very talented. You know, they – they did. They caught us off guard. I'm not gonna lie um, on how they were scheming our run, but I feel like our coach, especially Tuyaki, did a great job of adjusting it. Our game plan was solid going into the game. We we made sure to keep. Uh, I forgot the quarterback's name. But Daniels. Yeah, Daniels bottled up, but he 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 is a baller, you know. But we made sure to to just keep him bottled up, stay frontal, make him make him beat us with his arm, and. They tried to run it on us a couple of times, and they got us a couple of times, but I feel like our defense rallied together. We made critical adjustments in the halftime, and Coach uh, Tuyaki made sure that we were playing it a certain way so that we wouldn't get caught on these type of plays that were like counters and, and angle schemes. Last couple of things, Lopa. Three straight games now. You guys have seen a, a double-digit lead, big-score lead shrink as the team scores 10 straight, and then whether it's a combination of scores and stops – Every week you guys have responded to yeah. push it back exactly when you're needed. Yes. Uh, Coach Kalani always talks about getting socked in the mouth. Um, how do you respond? Um, our team always <laughs> – it's scary, but Kalani likes to be that crazy guy. Like, punch <laughs> me as hard as you want. We're still here, you know. And I feel like that's how we play. But uh, honestly, we meet, we do need to make some adjustments coming out of halftime. Uh, our defense uh, seems to lack sometimes, but um, – when it's time to respond, we do respond. But we need to make sure we keep the gas pedal on them. Um, USF is coming up this week, and 
uh, a lot of fans are going to like downplay it, but I feel like USF is going to come out the box swinging and everything like that. And we just need to make sure that we do not sleep on them. Um, we slept on them two years ago, and that bit us in the butt. And I think, especially as a team, we need to make sure we're on top of each other and making sure that everyone's accountable. Just for the record, Kalani hasn't really volunteered to take a punch for you guys, has he? <laughs> Uh, yeah, sure. We can go with that. That's, that seems like the legal answer. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a story here. There's a, it could be a fun what one. What happens someday. in the team room stays yeah. in the team room. <laughs> I guess it does. Hey, uh, Riley Nelson, my my broadcast partner up here tonight, made the statement that he didn't he didn't think that he's ever heard Lavelle Edwards Stadium louder than it was tonight. And we've had a couple of loud nights oh, between Utah yes. and tonight. And clearly. The crowd tonight had an impact in the oh outcome of the game. Oh, my gosh. I, I think it was the second-to-last drive that they had the ball. The, the Four crowd, false starts? Yes. The crowd just went crazy. And I was like, this is amazing. You could see the frustration on the O-line's face. They were so mad. I was laughing at them. It was funny. I was just like, hey, guys, you can't go with that, really. <laughs> but, yeah, um, the crowd was amazing tonight, um, especially last week, too. But this week was just crazy. And they they were definitely the 12th man tonight. Well, BYU is the only team in the country that's sitting with a 3-0 record with three wins over P5 teams. You yeah. guys got – and, again, it's a grind from 1 through 12. It's not like it's over. There's yeah. a lot of football left to play. But, a hey, um, you, you've done a lot of good work to get to 3-0, and, and I'm sure you guys all recognize that and feel the Cougar Nation buzz around you yeah. for doing that. But how exciting is it to, you know, be back in the polls, the people talking about you, seeing the logo on the TV, yeah. and, and, and you're, you're kind of back in the conversation again? Um, I just want to stay humble about it. I know. But – I feel like we've always known, you know, uh, we love doubters, especially during the off season. You know, we, we, we read the things that go online. People are always like, man, they lost everyone to the NFL. And we're just like, okay, your point is reload and go. But yeah, I, I just think we're ready for it. We have that mentality. Um, and also like, if I can just say one last thing, if, if we're closing, like if everyone could pray for all of our guys that have been hurt, that would be great. You know, um, we just want to make sure everyone comes back healthy, whether it's Jaron or anyone else that's been hurt. Um, that would be cool if Cougar Nation can do that with us. A very appropriate sentiment. Thank you, Lopa. Appreciate it. Yeah. It's good talking with you, man. Thanks, guys. Okay, thanks, brother. That is Lopa Leatawa. We'll come back with the coach, Dwayne, and the head coach of the Cougars is Kalani Sitake. Picks up career win number 41 tonight, and he joins us on the headset from the Cougar locker room area. Kalani, congratulations to you and the boys. Man, this was a this was a slugfest. It was hard-hitting. It was painful at times, literally, and, and on nerves, and you guys found a way to get it done again. Yeah, just really proud of the boys, and, and uh, man, proud of the fans. They, they were a difference maker for us tonight, and... Um, just just really, really happy that we were able to get the win for them. You go uh, from one you know, unique challenge to another week to week, and everything feels a little bit different, but uh, I, I thought you kind of stepped up in class a little bit. I thought, I thought Arizona State was a really good-looking football team. What do you think? They are, and, and um, uh, I mean, we knew that they were athletic and they had tons of speed and, and, um, and good size. Uh, you know, Her- Herman, his staff have done a great job recruiting uh, – you know those those same type of body types that that we try to look at, and those guys were uh, big, strong, fast, and physical, and um, it, it took every bit of our attention, and we had to find ways to make plays, and it was a little struggle there at times, you know. But the boys stuck together, and they believe in each other, and and we were able to get the win. I, I just 
the, there's all these little plays that happen that that, that everybody um, we can always look at like Tyler Algiers play to Thomas Gunther to all these other um, little plays that help us win this game and just glad that all our guys kept believing in each other and, and really happy that Baylor was able to get us the win at the end. <laughs> Coach, uh, Arizona State, 16 penalties for 121 yards. Uh, you've been around football long enough that you've probably been on on that end uh, of that kind of performance for a team. But BYU, three penalties for 25 yards, all of which coming in the first half. Uh, so when the game got tight, your boy, the play seemed to be cleaner. How do you coach your guys up, and how do you avoid you know, the catastrophe that was Arizona State at 16 penalties and over 100 penalty yards? Well, I mean, first of all, I, I don't know how many you can, you can contribute the penalties to the, the fans, but... Seven false starts. Yeah, so. that I think there's they, half of them. They created all of it. That that was the big big issue that they created that much havoc for us. And I asked for it last week, right? I I, I said that uh, a lot of fans have told me that all they cared about was the Utah game. Hmm. And I said, uh, I think Greg, I said on the show, I hope that's not true, you know, because like we need them the rest of the way. And they showed up tonight, and man, were they loud! And <clears throat> I think it shocked the. Arizona State obviously it did. They they couldn't hear. They couldn't get their their snap count together, and um, that was a huge advantage for us. But on our end, uh, we just talked about playing smart football and um, and keeping our emotions in check and not not playing with anger, playing with more like a, just having that composure and that poise. And I'm I'm glad our guys did that it still wasn't perfect we made mistakes out there that big play that that led to their first touchdown was broken coverage and and uh, i thought the play call was perfect we just if we'd have done it right then, then i think we'd have been in a position to bat the ball down or get a pick but um give them credit for making the play and, and i think that we're a really good team what we can't do is spot other teams plays and whether it's us turning the ball over or or broken assignments on defense and missed blocks, things things like that. I, I We need to get that cleaned up, and, and, and we will. We'll, we'll get better next week. Toward, toward the end of the Utah game, you needed a score, and it would have helped to get a long, time-killing drive to seal the deal, and you did that, similar to Arizona. And then tonight, you get the ball, 6.37 to go. You probably need one more score to seal the deal, and you want to kill some clock. And you guys go 12 plays. 77 yards, 518 off the clock to seal it. Here's the thing about the 12-play drive. 11 plays were runs. The last play was the pass. What a play call on third and goal from the three to get the touchdown. Yeah, and and we talked about it on the headphones. I mentioned it in the press conference that um, A-Rod really wanted to do that play, and he and Fessy and offensive guys really wanted to do it. You know, a couple of us other coaches had some reservations. We're like, uh, and then it came to the decisions. Like, I trust you guys. You you do what you feels right, and and they did it. You know, um, and I I I'm really proud of those coaches to step up and and if they feel comfortable making um, suggestions and and um, convincing me, you know, I. Uh, I'm open to all that stuff, and so we we work on this all together. I don't have all the answers, but I've seen them practice that play for the last three weeks now, and I thought, might as well give it a shot. You know, you, you practice this, this play, and, and um, you know, Jaron's probably got most of it, but I, I've seen Baylor do it too, and and uh, Baylor made a great throw, and Isaac made a great catch, and um, 
away we go. And we were able to get a two-score win. And I thought Ed made a great suggestion that um, we we victory kneel down the ball yeah. instead of kick the PAT. And I thought that was brilliant by him. We took a timeout, and he suggested it. And I thought he was right because if we uh, get a kickoff and it gets blocked for some reason, they return it. Now it becomes a one-score game. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, it's just it's just really helpful for me to have such great coaches and um, great players. But the, the coaches, the assistants, they, they they're the ones that do the bulk of the work. And I'm glad that they they come up with all the answers and make me look good. You'll have to ask him in staff meeting if he was watching Nebraska Oklahoma because that happened and that game came down. Oklahoma held on to a touchdown lead that was made a touchdown because they returned a, because Nebraska turned back a block punt. Anyway, back to tonight. Uh, Lopo was on before you and he said he said Coach Kalani loves special teams and we were talking about the tone setting first play of the game by Talmadge Gunther, a wide receiver running down, putting his hat on the ball, but. I want to talk to you about, like, how are we going to pull in Ryan Rico from just, like, I, you can't back him up for, far enough for him not to kick a touchback. He set a BYU record for the longest punt in school history tonight. Uh, what can you say about your special teams players? Just, they're, they're special, man. And and uh, Ed Lamb does an amazing job with special teams, but he'll be the first to tell you that he leans really heavily on his assistant coaches to get that done. Um, and those guys work really hard. Our our support staff. I mean, our GAs. Uh, Gavin Fowler does a great job with the specialists, and and I don't think enough credit goes to those guys. But he and Kyle Griffiths have done an amazing job with with uh, with the um, special teams and getting them ready and getting them prepped. And I know looking at all our guys, Ed, Ed does a, a great job with the cover teams. And um, you know, I, I'm thankful that Fessy and 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 uh, and um, Clarkie does the. The return teams and and it's a, it's a really good feel, a uh, good collaborative effort from all those coaches and Ed obviously um, runs runs the show but I'm glad that he's um, humble enough to to rely on those other guys to get it done but yeah I, I love special teams our players will rest on defense and offense special teams are what matters the most for us and we we don't practice it as much as we do O and D so. I'd rather have uh, guys rest on offense and defense than rest on special teams. By the way, Ryan Rico, six kicks, 52.8 average, and a long of 83, which is the new BYU record uh, Riley referenced tonight. Wow. Uh, no field goal tries, but Justin Smith good on his PATs. Hope to get Jake back whenever he's feeling good enough. You know, it's not often, Kalani, that a non-scoring play gets called one of the best plays they've ever seen. But you've been asked to talk about the Tyler Algier play. And Riley made the note during the broadcast, that's going to be an instructional tape for or cut up for years to come of what it takes to play winning football. Yeah, and, and, and just never giving up on a play, right? And, and um, uh, it's a brilliant move that he ran down and made the tackle to begin with, but then to have the, um, the IQ and the, the, the awareness to pop the ball out as well. And then credit to Jaron for That's running down. That's the thing down. too. He, yeah. he ends up recovering it. The yeah, guy that he, threw the pick. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't quit. You know, they. Just, and you look at the guys. They just played, and then we got the ball back. And there's a lot of tired people on their team and on our team. But um, man, I just I'm. Just, that's nothing I do. That's just what these guys do. That's that's how they're built. You know, and and that's uh, having a kid that that um, took a chance and to walk on to a school that. He's not of the faith, but he believes in, in in Christ, and he believes in being a. He lives the life that he does, and 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 could fit perfectly in here. And came on his trip, and and on on his uh, trip here, and took a chance on himself. And then we have a guy like him that walked on, a guy like Thomas Gunther that walked on, 
um, man, I, I get to coach these guys and, and be around great coaches and great players. So it's it's a lot of fun. But to have guys make those type of plays, that type of effort, we always talk about we can overcome mistakes with, with high energy and, and high effort. And that's a great example right there. Hey, did uh, did did Herm tell you anything special or nice in the in the handshake after? Just really impressed with our team, and um, you know, I thought it was a hard-fought battle both sides. We just came up with a couple more plays than they did. Um, I think maybe the turnovers were a big di- difference for us, and um, you know, maybe that last drive they got a few more yards, but um, it was pretty pretty balanced. The defenses on both sides made some big-time plays, but um, he was good. He was it was good, and I. I mean, I got to talk to him and Marvin, and those guys have been in NFL uh, head coaches before. Yeah. So it was really cool for me being – I just remember seeing them on Sundays coaching uh, their teams, and, and to have that opportunity to talk to them was really cool. All right, some closing thoughts from Kalani are coming up. We'll continue. This is our post-game coaches show brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto. Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. More with the coach next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. When you brush or floss your teeth, you're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Let us pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. All right, 27-17, BYU over Arizona State is our final score. BYU 3-0 in consecutive seasons for the first time since 1951 and 52. BYU is the only FBS team with with a 3-0 record with all three wins against P5 programs, and BYU's defeated ranked teams in back-to-back games for the first time since 2009. All these things are very positive. Kalani Sitake is with us. Kalani, these are things that um, this program has accomplished that puts itself in some pretty uh, uh, you know, rarefied air with a great football history of this program. So some fun things are being done, and you always give credit to the guys making the plays, but uh, there has to be a pretty good feel around the program that kind of builds upon itself week to week that we've got a good thing going, 14-1 and one now in the last 15 games. Yeah, that's right, and, and um, you know, creating that momentum and that that drive and the urgency to get better. Um, I, like I said before, we just have not played our best football yet, and and I give credit to the other teams that we're going against. But I'm talking about little mistakes that we're making, um, and that, that that are self-inflicted issues. And so, let's clean that up and get it better, and and see how we perform next week because. Um, we're running out of opportunities, you know. Like to be three and zero and still not play your best and, and beat two ranked teams. Um, I think I give a lot of credit to being at home and, and having that as, a, as an advantage. But there's going to be some games that we're going to be on the road and and not going to be able to rely on that. You know, this this next game uh, we we lost to this team in 2019, so we need to yeah. need to. They have all of our focus. Our players are already talking about it, about getting getting to work on next week, and that's why I'm, I'm I'm lucky I have the leadership on this team the way that it is. Coach, tonight at halftime they honored the well, and throughout game day they honored the 1996 14-1 Cotton Bowl team, and I know that happened during your mission. You were 94, and then your two mission years you came back in 97. 
but I think you know a few of those guys. Two questions. One, uh, what was that reunion like? Did you get any chance to, to see your old teammates? And then two, what similarities do you see from that team in 96, 25 years ago and, and this team here? Because I think they're both pretty good ball clubs. Well, I think, I think in, in – um, and I knew a lot of those guys because in 94 I played my my freshman year. One of my mission that I got home – the end of um, right before the bowl game in in '96, and so in December, and and um, you know I I give myself credit because I'm the guy that helped get Sark committed, and then I went on my mission. You Perfect, know? So, um, integral part. Yeah, that that set me on a path to be a, a coach there from the very go. beginning, and, and so that's. Uh, but I I know all those guys and um, have great relationship with them. Uh, it, it doesn't really matter when you play um, when you played. If you played at BYU, you had a strong connection to everybody. Um, so whether you played in, in, in the 90s like I did or you played in, in the 80s like uh, you know like Tom or the others and, and or you played in 2000 with Bronco or, or Croton, I mean, this there's a, a strong bond in this program and in this brotherhood that you just feel. And that it's the people that make that, that play football here. It's different than anywhere else. And, and I want our guys to, to embrace that and, and – so when you meet someone that has played here, regardless of the time, you have this strong connection. Our players are really excited to see them. Um, I see a lot of talent on our team, just like a, that '96 team did. But um, there's been a lot of talent, talented teams here, at BYU, for many years to come, and they were they were under Lavelle and under Croton and also under under Bronco. And it's just for me, I'm just happy to be here and, and make those guys proud because they, they had a lot of fun and it was cool to see all those guys, man. They, some of them look like they can still suit up and go to go go to go to uh, go to war with us. Hey Kalani, physically punishing game tonight. I felt like the um, the most that way. Uh, Jaron Hall, the fact that he was at the podium was a good thing, um, and he said he felt good. He said wind knocked out of him. Expect to practice and play. We don't know about others. We'll find out next week. But it just felt like this was the one that really took a lot out of really both teams. Yeah, and I think it's a combination of the three games in a row. You know and. Uh, I've mentioned this before that that we kind of, we knew this was coming, we had to get ready for this and and rely on our depth and so we're a little banged up but that's okay. There, there's a difference between um, injured and hurt and we can play when we're hurt. Um, obviously, we're gonna have to review some of the guys that could be possibly out for a number of uh, you know for a longer time than than we hope you know we hope that, it, that it's not that long but. Um, that's just the nature of the beast of the game, and just really thankful those those guys that make sacrifices and help our team win. And um, you know, it's good to be three and zero. We knew it would be we, our guys would get banged up a little bit, but this isn't a time to to take it easy. We got to ramp it up and get ready for South Florida coming to our house next week. Well, we knew. Well, the, the fans didn't need to to storm the field to make their presence felt tonight. Uh, what a loud, energized, engaged crowd that had a legitimate legitimate competitive impact in the game tonight yeah i don't know if they had enough energy to rush the field to be honest with you (laughs) because the fans were so crazy and loud and they they just caused so much of a ruckus that um and and you know having the rock be eleven thousand strong that was awesome and just have have the fans i mean i looked up in the stands at one moment and everybody was yelling even even some of the older people that that you know that they're, maybe they're honorary because was, the games are going late, but man, everybody was going crazy and just yelling, and they all contributed to this win and um, made things so. I mean, it, it's electrifying for the team, 
it's such a motivation for the players. You can see how they just feed off of it. And so, um, you know, that that was so fun, and we missed that last year. And we, we were so honored to have that. We had it in the first three games, man. We had it in Vegas. We've had it the last two weeks here. And I'm looking forward to seeing it again next week. Well, you know how entertaining it is and fun it is to talk to Lopa. Lopa is a fun guy, and mm-hmm. I, I know you love him as a, as a player. We got to talk to him in postgame for a few minutes, and uh, he said something really nice at the end of the interview. He said, I want Cougar Nation to, to pray for the guys that, um, that got banged up tonight. You know, and, and that was a nice thing to, to let fans think about, maybe, and, and throw them uh, in those thoughts they have, uh, that everyone gets better as well as, as they can be as soon as possible and get back to playing the game they love ASAP. And that was really, I thought it was really a uh, really touching thought from Lopa. That was awesome. And, and to have, like I said, our players are really connected to our fans, and our fans are so powerful in a football game. Imagine what their prayers and their their thoughts and, and, and you know, the energy if they they just do something simple as that, I think it could really help change the world and make life so much better. Okay. Um, I guess we'll let you have the final, final word tonight as we say goodnight, let you get some sleep and, and uh, get ready to uh, prime yourself for another week ahead. Just had so much fun. I appreciate you guys. And, and I know there's a lot of fans that are driving home that made long trips and are trying to stay awake. I hope you guys feel feel the energy and the love coming from our players i'm I'm gonna just tell you that they love you so much and uh we pray for you i know you pray for us too and it's just so much fun to go through this journey with you guys so love you guys go kooks thank you appreciate it kalani back at you and we'll talk to you next week thanks gentlemen All thank right, you that, that is kalani sitake and that is our larry h miller auto cougar postgame coaches show brought to you by larry h miller auto conveniently located in provo linden and orm larry h miller auto driven by you before we take a break and tell you what's coming up next, I want to give a shout-out. I'm not sure if you'll get word on this or not, but uh, Dr. Mitch Pratt um, called in a couple of prescriptions to get me on the path to wellness. Those who have tuned in tonight know that maybe as the evening's gone along, my voice has gotten rougher and scratchier and weaker. I've uh, been under the weather this week, and, and it always tends to show up in my voice. And had a soccer game Thursday, uh, no voice yesterday, got it back for today. Thanks to Dr. Pratt and his expertise, and I'm grinding through, and I don't sound great right now, but I've got enough to get through Cougar Nation now, and then we'll have a long rest tomorrow and get it back for Coordinator's Corner on Monday. So I'm grinding. I know I don't sound quite tip-top, but I'm doing the best I can, and hopefully you'll bear with me. And thanks again to Dr. Mitch Pratt for all of his help in uh, helping me get uh, back to the headset. So good stuff. Thank you, Mitch. And uh, thank you, Kalani. And we'll take a break. We'll come back with BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. Brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. What we'll do is this. Um, the first segment of our show will be Herm Edwards. Then we'll take a break, and then we'll have some uh, Twitter comments that will promote some discussion here in the booth. We'll have some trivia for two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream, and then call it good for the night. BYU 27, Arizona State 17 is our final score. If you want to be a part of Cougar Nation now, you can just tweet at me, at Greg Rubel. I can see them there. Or you can, by the way, apologies, <laughs> go to all the folks who emailed last week. I mentioned the email and then never really checked it during the show, and I had so many emails that were sent in, and I feel bad about that. So uh, to make amends, I will make sure we get some email comments in if they come. And the email address, because like, the reason I like to use email is because you can say more. You yeah. know, tweets are kind of limited, but on the email you can say a few more things. And so if you want to use the email, it's CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. That's CougarNationNow, one long word, two ends at the back. CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. 
or you can tweet at Greg Rubel, or you can even use the Twitter hashtag BYUCNN, hashtag BYUCNN for Cougar Nation Now. So Cougar Nation Now is next, but you will hear from Herb Edwards to begin the show right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions to at Greg Grubel using hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Grubel. All right, it is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now. The email address, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu, hashtag BYUCNN, or at Greg Grubel on Twitter. At Grizzfather says, this is his, these are his words, can I just say, I've loved listening to Greg and Riley while watching with the games muted on TV. Riley, he says, your eyes and seeing things are so spot on. I agree, I love it. I, I learn a lot listening to Riley. I, I call a play, and then Riley gets to tell me what really happened in the play. And the quarterback's eyes and quarterback's mind all coming together. Um, I love it. I, I, I can't get enough of, uh, of Riley's commentary, I think. And this is just me. I mean, in just this, what, your third season doing yeah. this with me? Correct. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you, you're, you're really, really good and still relatively early in your commentary career, and I just think uh, listeners are really well served by you. So, well, anyway, Thank you. I appreciate that, and I appreciate that uh, from Russell Grizz, Grizzfather. The man. Um, I said I was going to get to Herm Edwards first, but because I, I snubbed the emailers last week, we'll get a couple emails in first, all right? Uh, from Andy Kirby. says, it looked like the ASU receivers and tight ends were open a lot. How come ASU wasn't able to capitalize on that, and what did BYU do to prevent them? connecting with those open receivers and tight ends from Andy Kirby. What were you seeing that way? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. Here, here's the thing. Yeah, they were open. BYU, their man, well, you mentioned in their pregame that, uh, you know, the ability to play man coverage allowed them to dial up some extra pressures. Well, here's what Arizona State did. Arizona State kept six and seven in, pro- in protection, which just kind of muddies things up. You still can bring an extra guy or you still have a free runner, but just the line of scrimmage is a lot more congested. And so uh, pressure took longer to get there. And in those man scenarios, you're right, they were open. But a couple things. Uh, there wasn't as much man after the second quarter. After that 58-yard pop, which Kalani said was a blown coverage, um there just wasn't that much. There was far more drop eight. And against drop eight, yeah, it's true they're open, but it takes a special quarterback to be patient enough to continue to j- dump it off to the tight end at seven, dump it off into the wide receiver into the flats. Like, you want to push, especially when you're playing from behind, you want to push the ball down the field. And so, yeah, it's true you can complete it, but it feels unsatisfactory. And there's just this there's just this tension um, that a quarterback feels so. I would say I would say that was an attributing factor as to why he wasn't hitting those open receivers is because he was playing from behind, and when you're just throwing into an eight-man zone, you don't feel very productive. And uh, anyway, I think that contributed to it. Okay, hashtag BYUCNN from Justin Sweeney. He said it's important to keep the last 15 games in perspective because BYU's gone 14 and one, right? Just a few years ago, BYU's losing to Northern Illinois and UMass. 
How has Kalani turned it around so fast? And also, he says, what do you think is the cause of sluggish offense out of the gate three first quarters in a row now? That's from Justin. By the way, Mitchell Juergen's up in the booth. We'll have Mitchell maybe kick that around too. Riley, first to you. Yeah, I'll start with the first part, and that is, I can tell you it's not the play calling. I mean, I wish they would come out starting to run the football because that seems to be what jumpstarts his offense. Instead, all three games they've come out. Jaron's been, he was like one for six against Arizona. I think he was one for five or six against Utah. Tonight he started, you know, I think he had more completions. I think he was like three for six at one point, but it was, it was for like nine yards. Uh, so they're coming out and they're throwing the ball in the first couple series. They're just not connecting. And then it seems like they hit a point where, and tonight it didn't happen obviously until later, uh, really what jump-started the offense I think was that flea flicker, which created some defensive confusion and allowed them to get a big completion down the field. Um, but it's not for lack of trying. I, you know, I don't know. I think you just, uh, if if this were me, right, if I were playing – and I would acknowledge, you know, I'd acknowledge this. I'd kind of talk to players about it that were aware of it. Obviously, it's not a problem because you're three and zero, so you don't overreact to it. But you know, maybe emphasize it. I back in my day, we had Doc Manning. I'd talk to him about like, hey, what's what are some mental cues to to start a little bit faster and do that, but don't overreact. And then to the first part of the question, um, I, I was only kind of football aware during the tail end of Lavelle Edwards' career. Um, in fact, the games I remember him coaching the most were the. It was at that point in the career where he wasn't even wearing a headset anymore. He was just kind of patrolling the sidelines and very close to retirement. And, um, but from what I hear players describe, that that era in the heyday, right, of being like from the the late '70s through this '96 team, really. But the, even again, it it kind of emerged there towards the end, as as Coach Doman, who was my coach, talked about the Lavelle era. I feel like, and he's talked about it, how much of a mentor he was, how much he aspires to be like him and to build a program like Lavelle built. And I think he's well on his way. Two big things. One, they've recruited better talent. Like, their recruiting is on point. They've gone back to getting big dudes up front. Um, that was one of the biggest things was when I was here in the in the early 2010s and then when Robert and I came back, well, the trend was at that time. Well, let me pause right here, Greg. Do you want me to riff on this, or should we save this for a later segment? I feel like you're kind of on a roll. Okay, here we go. So, late 2010s, early or early 2000s, or, or late 2000s, early 2010s. Everybody sees Oregon, and they're spreading everybody out, and they got linemen pulling every which way. So everybody reacts and like, you know what? We need ultra mobile linemen. That same sentiment was here at BYU when I was here, and from 09 to 12, our goal we had a we were coming off the backs of the giant lines that you know John Beck played behind in mm-hmm. 2006, and Max Hall played behind. And we were like, those guys aren't going to get it done. We've got to play high tempo, and these guys got to be able to move and get out in space and block dudes in space. Well, guess what? There's not a lot of dudes that can both you know, get in a pass set and, and protect against a 260-pound full, you know, full bull rush defensive lineman and also get out in space. And everybody was saying, oh, we've got to get what Oregon. Well, Oregon was having top five recruiting classes every year, and Oregon is uniquely positioned to recruit guys nationally given their affiliation with Nike. So we kind of went went after this, 
you know, holy grail of an offensive lineman, and we're never really quite able to get. And then go fast, go hard was the same thing. Like we can't be having three hundred and twenty pound dudes. We can't be having six eight lumbering guys, um, you know, out there. We got to go fast and we got to go hard. And the guys got to be able to keep up and they got to be able to run, you know, be win the conditioning drills and all that stuff. Well, they've turned back. It, to me, that's where it started. It's like you know what we need? We need maulers. And if it means that we don't snap the ball every twelve seconds, then that's okay because we need to be able to push in the run game and we need to be able to protect in the pass game so that's one of the biggest things that has changed and then and then from there on the recruiting cycle the skill position players are as good as we've been and I think that's just identifying talent I mean a couple of them Dex Mill was a draft pick last year and was a walk-on right so, but we, we've always been, it seems like we've always been able to, to um, recruit skill at BYU. Obviously, you've got Taysom in the NFL. You've got Jamal in the NFL. We have more defensive players than offensive players, but I feel like we're deeper. We've been able to get attract more of those high-quality skill players from a recruiting standpoint. But uh, those would be my main, uh, my main uh, reasons for why the program feels like it's turned as it's it's taken a turn to the Lavelle era, which I would say uh, maybe a higher uh, level of talent. Mitch do, you, Mitch, do you want to just amen that, or you have something else? <laughs> so yeah, that was awesome, Riley. <laughs> um, no, definitely amen that, and I think the two things that'll add, and it kind of ties into to all of this. Um, I think this is the first time, and even going back to last year, in a long time, we've seen a complete football team. Um, you know, and, and Riley alluded to this, right? We've seen holes prior. Um, Every facet of the game, even going back, we talked about this in the pregame, the special teams, um, everything's dialed in, and that's what you need to be a successful football team. Um, And number two, I would say Kalani's building a winning culture. Right now they're riding this wave um, of success, and it's contagious. And and the players, you can totally see it. They feel it. They believe it. There's not any situation that gets too big for them where they feel like they can't come back and win a football game, and that's what it's coming down to. And, and these players, they know it, they expect it, and they're making it happen. They've got the talent there. Um, and it, it's just really cool to see that this new culture, this winning culture take over here with BYU football. And I don't see this stopping. It's, it's, pre- it's really impressive. Tim in Moapa says, Greg, Riley, Mitch, they beat Arizona by 8. They beat Utah by 9. He says, I mentioned to my daughter that uh, they would – Win by 10 this week. That's what it would mean. He said he called it. 8, 9, and 10 are the winning margins in the first three weeks. So, good stuff. By the way, BYU's held their opponents. I'll have to check on this a little bit. Uh, last time, they've beaten three P5s, and the teams have been held to the teens in each of the games, right? 16, 17, and 17. Wow. I mean, that's going to win you a lot of games. Just that, that fact alone right there. It'll win you a lot of games. Those, uh, those numbers in the teens. All right, I said we'd begin the segment by hearing from Herb Edwards. We didn't do that, so we should do that now. All right, here is Herb Edwards, head coach of Arizona State, after his team falls to BYU 27-17. This is Herm a few moments ago, a little while ago, in the Arizona State locker room area. Oh, and a very disappointing game, obviously. Um, the discipline of our team is not very good. It starts with me. I've got to fix it. It's my responsibility. Uh, when you play a team like this on the road, and uh, you turn the ball over, and uh, you get to collect 17 penalties. Very difficult to win, and so that's where it all starts. And we got to get it fixed, and we got to get it fixed fast. It's kind of been an underlining 
thing with us. We got away with the first two two games, uh, being penalized at times. We can say it was loud, but we practiced in the bubble all week, uh, made it loud. So we did everything we can can't do to make it loud, and, and it didn't help. But there was just way too many penalties, and, and the turnovers, the four turnovers. You're not going to beat a, a team like that on the road. Was there a strategy uh, miscalculation with – uh, the snapping because of how many plays that were not run the way. Well, there's a lot, of, a lot of miscommunication there, and I don't want to get into he said, she said, but we got to get it fixed. I know that, and, and we will. We'll get it fixed. So how, how big of a factor was that in this game? Uh, you know, I think the noise played a little bit of a factor when we were backed up, obviously. Uh, but it's just too many penalties. I mean, we, we just we, we 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 had some momentum coming in the third quarter. I thought. Uh, we, we got back in the game, uh, and then the underlining recurring thing happens. You know, we turn the ball over, we get some more penalties, and you, know, we, you can't play football that way. It's just, it's, it's not good. It's, it was embarrassing. It's, it's not a good look. BYU's quarterback, Jaron Hall, made some cr- big plays at critical junctures yes, throughout the game. How, how tough was he to defend just with his skill set? All week we talked about his ability to run, and um, he made some. He got out on us a couple times, and, and you know he's, he's a good football player, and we knew that that was uh, the concern for us, to try to keep him in the pocket, don't let him run, and, and he got away a couple times on us and, and made some big plays. What about the, the secondary in the second quarter you had? Five or six explosives. Yeah, about. some some big plays. Um, hit hit a hit a fa- hit a double move on Chase, uh, and then uh, they had a fleet flicker, and for some reason they just lost track of the guy running down the post and let him go, and then they threw it back to the post. So we we were a little bit of our worst enemy a, a couple times. Slant and go, and they're going to hit one of those every once in a while. That's just a, a, a good route call. But the fleet flicker, we got to stay back and defend that better. There's no doubt about that. Takeaways have been such a huge thing for mm-hmm. you. And you didn't have any last week. And then lo and behold, yeah, you get a takeaway, and then you get a giveaway on the same play. Yeah. So yep. how yep. much has that been a big factor the last couple of weeks, too, just not being able to get that extra possession? Well, and, and that helps you. And we thought we, we you know, the game was going to get swung on that interception, obviously. And um, running back did a great job of stripping it out and, and, and got the ball back, you know, and, and that's – that's kind of how the game went, you know. So we, we got a lot to work on, but it's all about us right now. It's about us fixing our errors. Uh, and if we can fix our errors, we, we'll have a chance to win some football games. How do you go about doing that in practice? How do you, how do you fix it? Well, you know, we talk about it, and I think the players, are hopefully they'll look at the tape, and, and every guy will look at himself and say, you know what, I, I can't continue to do this. We can't continue to function this way if we're going to be a good football team. And we have the makings of being a good football team, but when you do this, it's, it's, it's not good football at all. It's just... It's, it's hard to watch, you know, when you're going backwards and you just defeat yourself. You just can't do that. Johnny Wilson didn't play in the first quarter? Tonight. No, did not. Missed the meeting and sat him out first quarter during the week. It was during the week. How much is not having Tamarcus hurt you guys in three games? Oh, I don't – yeah, well, you know, he's, he's got experience, and that helps you when you have an experienced guy. And we play so much man-to-man, but um, – you know, for the most part, um, they hit us on the one pass there, but at the end on on, on the boot. Um, but you know, we 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 have to get better within ourselves. Now. We got to fix it. We got to fix our problems. You know, turn the ball over, and obviously uh, the penalties. I mean, if we can fix that, then 
this game's a different game, you know, but it's not. And we, we did it to ourselves, and I, I got to get it fixed. A lot of guys. Uh, Herm Edwards, head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, says we had to break. A question from Monster at Monster22 on the Twitter about uh, curious about what your thoughts are on not kicking the extra point. Go Cougs, he says. Pretty clever, I thought. You don't give your chance, you don't give yourself a chance to turn a two score game into a one score game. Simple as that. And they've got to score twice with no timeouts and a field to go. I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, that never even crossed my mind until it was happening. And, I mean, the stars aligned. Like, yeah, it makes sense. I um, thought it was a great play call. I'm telling you, I think someone was watching the Nebraska-Oklahoma game. <laughs> that's that's what happened, and they returned it back. And instead of being up two scores, they, it, it was a one-score game. Now, Oklahoma held on to the lead, but a blocked extra point put them within a striking distance. So, yeah, just kneel it down. Don't even give them the shot. David on Twitter says, The Tyler Algier track down and punch out forced fumble was the greatest defensive type play at BYU since Kyle Morrell. says the effort was equivalent. <laughs> the situation surrounding it was not as totally important, but my, oh, my, that was awesome. And it was awesome. That was a great play. So, real, real quick comment on this. Um, I mean, this... Going on, you know, with the sequence of events, this this was the tone setter for the rest of the game, because right after this happens, which the only word to describe what Tyler did was unreal or unbelievable. Um, the very next play is the Mason Wake hurdle, mm-hmm. and then Mason Wake starts pumping up the crowd. Right, they start getting into it, and then the next time that Arizona State had the ball was when. They went four straight penalties. The crowd was hyped. I mean, I think that series and sequence of events was just, I mean, it was unbelievable um, how one play could turn all of that. I mean, I, that's my personal yeah, no. belief that that's, yeah. that's what led to it. And what it just, I mean, you can only say a game changer right there. Yeah, you think about BYU not getting points on the drive at the end of the first half. Throwing a pick when they're about to score and how disastrous that could have been the other way, those are the kind of things that you know can sometimes lose you football games. And they found a way to grab the game back on that play from Tyler Algier and then the sequence that followed. I think it's great. Uh, well, well, well described. Uh, Brock Taylor on Twitter says, Sounds like Jaron Hall's okay, but on the off chance that he doesn't play next week, how does that change what A-Rod does with the play calling? What do you think, Ross? Yeah, I don't think it does change much. Um, Jaron was three entering the fourth quarter. He had three rushing attempts for negative three yards, and um, you know, and Jaron's capable, or sorry, Baylor's capable of running a draw, and he's capable of running his own reads. So, I don't think it changes much. I, I also think next week uh, BYU should be able to establish the run with Algier and Katoa a little bit more to take the pressure off any need for a quarterback. Here's what I'll say. As far as quarterback runs concerned, I don't think it should be needed much. Now I haven't gotten the film yet on on South Florida, but I just my intuition tells me that. So um, I wouldn't be too worried about it. And if they need to rest him as an abundance of caution, as someone who played his senior year banged up and can't and, tr- and tried to push through injuries and tried to come back quickly from injuries. If he's not right, you know, even if it's a a deep bruise in his ribs or something, and your coaches pop on that film, look, the competitor in me, and I'm, 
do as I say, not as I do type of thing, right? I would have demanded to play. I would have wanted to play. I would have lobbied to play. I would have done all that, and I would have played if they would have let me. But knowing what I know now, starting off with a 3-0 season, if coaches pop on the tape and you pop on the tape and you're like, you know what, we can handle South Florida, and, and that means that you got a, you got some extra reds heading into Utah State and Boise State back-to-back weeks, I don't know. Maybe I'd take the rest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I think Baylor is a guy that's proven to be, I mean, arguably one of the best backup quarterbacks that BYU's ever seen, and the the guy's just calm and collected. And I think um, what an what an amazing play call, the trust that was displayed in that play action pass. He gets stepped on coming out of his release. He does, yeah, yeah, and he stays on his feet, makes a miraculous miraculous play like we've seen in Baylor fashion, and. I don't think it's a step backwards. I, I think, and that's not a knock on Jaron at all. I think Jaron's been fabulous so far this season. We're definitely three and zero, by large part due to the the impact that Jaron um, brings to the offense. But Baylor's a guy that's been there. He's done that, and he's he could be every bit of as successful. Um, and I mean, I think it's really it's quick, awesome. Greg. Before you do the next email, let me read yeah. this. This is someone who knows Baylor well. Spent a lot of time with him, who was also close to me, and sends me a text after that touchdown. Having interacted with him, well, first of all, I sent I sent the text. I was like, "Man, Kalani would trust Baylor would trust Baylor with his life, <laughs> backup quarterback <laughs> with all that." He goes, "Hey, man, I would too." Having interacted with him uh, and gotten to know him r- pretty well over the the last few years, he has a Tom Brady type gene in him, mm-hmm. in that he is unflappable and nothing phases him. So, pretty high praise. Excellent. Our man uh, from Mililani, Hawaii, Val, uh, he emailed last week, and I didn't get it on the air, obviously. He says, Aloha, Greg Riley, and Mitchell. And Mitchell. You're always in there now. I love it. Thanks, Val. He says, what a game. Wish I could have been there. So many special plays by Hall, Algier, Romney, and others, but the 12th man also deserves a lot of credit. Do you think there are any group of fans in the country that have influenced a game like ours this year? He says he always enjoys our commentary and postgame show, Mahalo Nui Loa from Val in Mililani, Hawaii. And I'm sure there are great crowds around the country that cause havoc, but this reminded me of way, way back in the day when officials were having to call penalties on the BYU crowd because of crowd noise, of how crazy things got. And there was a point tonight where clearly ASU's offense felt like it was unable to function effectively because of the noise. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you you heard uh, Herm in his interview talk about how you can prep for the noise, and you can. You can manufacture noise within a bubble, and it can get loud, but this this cannot be replicated, right? Um, but I think I said it over the broadcast. Uh, this was one of the first times that it was actually difficult for me to hear you and Riley. With the, the headset, with the headset on. With the headset on. Yeah. And it was that loud. Um, such a – and what was cool about it is once the first false start happened, I think the crowd realized that they influenced Blood it. in the water. And then it got louder. And then there was another false start. And then it got even louder. And it kept happening. And the the stadium was just fueling off of that energy and seeing what was going on. Um, hands down, I, I think it has to be the loudest game I've ever been in. Yeah, me too. I, so I've been in some moments here in the stadium that were in response to big offensive plays or big plays made. But as far as the swell of noise suffocating an opponent in this building, this hasn't come yeah. close for me. 
We'll take a break. It is the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now program. You can tweet us, hashtag BYUCNN, or just at Greg Rubel works as well. You can email us, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. We'll come back with more from you and us, and we'll have a trivia question for two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. Final score, BYU 27, Arizona State 17 on the new skin. I'm a professional mom. You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, the BYU 27, ASU 17, our final score. BYU came into tonight ranked 23rd, ASU 19th. You could see at least a flip-flop there if ASU doesn't drop all the way out, which is maybe more likely. But ranked versus ranked, you get some leeway. We'll see how that turns out tomorrow with the polls. Uh, Five ranked teams ahead of BYU lost. ASU, of course, by the Cougs. Florida lost to Alabama. That won't, in a close one. In a close one. UCLA lost to Fresno. That could do something. Virginia Tech lost to West Virginia unranked. And then Auburn lost at Penn State. Was it at Penn State? Was it Auburn, Penn State? Is that how they played? It was Auburn, Penn State tonight, It was, right? yeah. It was yeah. the Penn State wideout. So that's the movement. Uh, now, BYU did beat a ranked team last week and move up considerably from like 38th to 23rd. And at this time of the season, there's more fluctuate. It's easier to move and drop by big gaps when no one really has a real strong picture about your team yet. So we'll see where this uh, goes tomorrow. But, you know, top 15 within a couple of weeks is not out of their own possibility at this point, certainly. All right, uh, back to the uh, Twitter and this for Riley. Question coming in from Jacob. Riley, what did you see on the defensive coverage on the flea flicker? Did Jaron look the corner off or did the corner just blow it? Corner got his eyes caught in the backfield. It was the... What I like about the flea flicker out of um, out of shotgun is you've got the the quarterback running back read, so you've got two as opposed to just like hand it where they used to do a little toss and then he'd hand it back to the wide receiver and then he'd hand it back to the quarterback. Is you create that and then obviously it comes back to Neil and you and you throw it again. But no, he just got his got his eye, cardinal sin number one is got you get your eyes caught in the backfield. The defensive players are taught to read the offensive linemen, or if they're in the backfield, they're taught to read routes and route combinations. And it doesn't matter what the quarterback – like, well, let me tell you how football has changed. When I was coming up, a big thing was your ability to pump fake or, like, shoulder you know, shoulder fakes and, and pump fake the ball to move safeties. Nobody's looking at that. A free safety will look at your eyes still, and you still got to be good with your eyes, uh, but only if it's zone. Um but uh, even still to this day, though, DBs, you just get caught in there. You get wanting to make a play, and you get caught watching all the stuff going in the backfield. Meanwhile, your guy sneaks behind you for the t- for six. You see the same stuff? Yeah, same thing. Um, <clears throat> it, it was actually the the corner that was closest to Gunner at time when he caught the ball. Um, he kind of had two guys to to cover in that space too because Keanu Hill was coming up slowly on the right side, and he was kind of in no man's land between both of them. Um, uh, Jaron obviously made the right pick throwing it to Gunner uh, because he was behind Gunner. Um, but yeah, same thing. I mean, you got to in those plays, especially those long developing plays, you've got to just have 
um, you've got to stay disciplined, and um, you know Jaron took advantage. Yeah, you really quick. You're talking about the corner on the right side of the field. Yeah, yeah that was he. His responsibility was Keanu. Exactly. He was trying to cover for the busted corner because Gunner started on the left side oh, okay. of the field, and he, he just crossed. He just crossed the field on the post, and yeah. his guy left him. He should have followed him because there was no other threat. They didn't send a threat to the right side of the field, so he should have carried the post across, yeah. and he did not. Cougar Chap says, uh, can't say enough about uh, the two Yaki D. Proof is on the scoreboard. Three games in the teens, absolutely. He says, with another late game next week to all of us, how are you holding up? He said, on the East Coast, I'm tired, but cannot keep myself from staying up and watching and listening. Go Cougs. That's from Cougar Chaps. And uh, I will say this, even though it's late, uh, I plan to do tonight what I didn't do last week. Now, last week was an energy sapper, and we got off later um, but I kind of I kind of screwed up the ending of last week. The game was great, Utah. The post game, the end, everything was great. But I screwed up the ending by not going to Bam Bams, which was still open at that point <laughs> for some victory swatches. And I'm not going to make the same mistake tonight. As soon as we are off the air and the headsets come off, I'm going for some medicinal swatches at Bam Bams. I'm going to be there and finish this winning night the right way, which I did not do last week. And I know Riley's got a long drive. He's going to probably take a pass, Mitch. I can stop by. Let's go. All right. I'm coming. Okay, we're minutes away from doing that. So uh, that's how I would like to end tonight uh, when we're off the air the right way. I'll be going to Bam Bams. Thank you, Cam. And Bam Bams will be, uh, will be there soon enough. Uh, Donovan Bushman on Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN. He said, each half had momentum-changing plays. Thule pick, Algier punch. And that Thule pick, let's say, yeah, that was also they, – they were going in. ASU was going in at that time. Man, I uh... – that that play gives me PTSD because the same thing. So I'm not making excuses for Jaden Daniels, but so he faked it to the left. Then you spin around and you fake it to the right, but you turn your back as you spin around. So you throw with your arm, or you throw to you throw against your arm, and then you spin around. And you fake the running back screen the other way, and then the tight end leaks up the middle of the field. I threw a pick on that. We were we were at the same point of the field. We were just outside the red zone against Notre Dame in 2012, a game we lost by three points. And I just didn't spot Connie Friel uh, on the – I didn't spot him fast enough to see that he had Manti Teo trailing him on his hip. And had I put it further out in front, it would have been fine. Instead, I put a little bit on his black shoulder. Manti Teo tips the ball. Safety picks it off. We were going in. We were in field goal range. Could have got points. End up losing that game. So that play still gives me PTSD. Mm-hmm. But, in fact, scrap it from the playbook, obviously, because here tonight. <laughs> well, other teams, yeah. opponents of BYU, please <laughs> keep feel doing, free to run keep it. Keep doing it. Yeah. But it's just a hard play to execute. I mean, when it's there, here's the thing. The reason why we put it in the playbook and the reason why teams still do it is you get pursuit going one way, then you freeze that half of the field, and then all the defenders that have stayed disciplined on the others, you get their pursuit going that way. And oftentimes the tight end is all alone in the middle of the field. But, boy, when he's not, all future quarterbacks out there, dirt that sucker or run it. Don't throw it out there. That play is cursed. <laughs> um, but good job, Max, and good yeah. job, BYU defense. From Andrew, our man Andrew Hare. So it's amazing to see such a selfless next-man-up culture with some depth. Shout-out to Baylor Romney to come in and get the ceiling TD on a moment's notice. It wasn't like he was brought in to kneel a couple plays. He was brought in to get the, the points to, to lock down and end the game. After 11 straight rushes in the drive, they call one pass play, and they have the backup throw it. I mean, how cool is that moment? It's, it's so cool. Um, but I feel like, I mean, at least I did, so much confidence in it. I mean, he's the guy, and we, we talked about him and, and Gunner, 
they've got this natural calm um you know presence about them where no moment is too big and i mean you could see it in Baylor he looked confident he looked strong he went in there and wasn't phased you could tell he wasn't antsy he's been there before and um i just i loved it Ditto. Sorry, Greg. That's good. I mean, what more? Um, I, read, I read that text on Baylor, and I just, uh, anyway, I felt <laughs> like I didn't want to belabor it. That's no, it's good stuff. You didn't want to belabor it. There you go. All right. Uh, let's, By let's, the way, I apologize to you. I missed your Tommy Hilfiger what's that? reference. Well, I should, I sh- but I couldn't think of a, like, a smart enough quip. No, it's like to to come back at it. Like I was thinking about, like, oh, do I find a f- nah, some fashion something? Sometimes or this, a bad pun needs just to like no. just fade away. Well, and, was it that? wasn't bad. I think I think those listening were chuckling along along with no. you. I just had nothing to add to it. So, but no, it, the, the it, minute I said it, the minute I said it, I got the Ben Bagley eye roll and and so uh, my my question is, was that. Did you know you're going to say that coming into this? No, absolutely not. Okay. No, I did absolutely not. <laughs> we did have some good ones tonight. What was? Uh, I mean, I, first of all, I knew there was a Tommy Hill, but I didn't know. I didn't know how that would figure into the uh, <laughs> figure into the broadcast. LV Bunkley Shelton. Yeah. I, I'm surprised you held back and didn't throw the third on there. Yeah, it, uh, it deserves that. It right? Deserves the third, yeah. and then the kicker's last name. That's a uh, that's I love a broadcaster sh- pronunciation Hall Eddie, of Fame. Eddie Shaplitzi. Shaplitsi. Guys, that's spelled C-Z. I had some delicious Shaplitsi last week uh, <laughs> at the Greek restaurant. That's spelled C-Z-A-P-L-I-C-K-I. Yeah. Shaplitsi. Anyway, I didn't Shaplitsi. even try it. I just said the Arizona State punter. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. I know. There's some good challenges this week. All right, let's do this. Um, as we head to break, let's uh, throw out the trivia question that will get someone two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. Shall we do that? Um. Okay, here we go. First correct answer using the hashtag BYUCNN. All right, hashtag BYUCNN. It's got to be using that hashtag. You can't just tweet at me. We're going to go for the hashtag on this one. And it's uh, this one is a two-parter. Both parts have to be correct. And the first one to hit my timeline with both correct answers is the winner of two famous gallons of BYU Creamery ice cream. All right. BYU's playing South Florida next week, right? We know that. How many FBS teams are there in the state of Florida? That's part one. And how many has BYU not played? And for bonus points, you can name them. But the two-part question is, how many FBS teams in Florida and how many has BYU not played? That's our question. The answers will win ice cream next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You. T- Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. A flurry of answers came in using hashtag BYUCNN, but the first correct two-part answer came in from Chris Buters. Congratulations, Chris. The question was, how many FBS programs are there in the state of Florida, and how many has BYU not played before? And the correct answers were seven and three. Here are the programs. FIU, Florida, FAU, Florida State, Miami, USF, and UCF. BYU's 0-4 against FSU, 1-1 against Miami, 0-1 against South Florida, 2-1 against Central Florida. They've not played three. They've not played FIU, FAU, or Florida. And the first person to say it or tweet it was Chris Buters. 
So, Chris, congrats. And uh, when uh, word to the wise, when you do win, if you submit your answer, be checking your DMs because that's where I'm going to show up. Okay? So do check your DMs in the days to come. You'll get some stuff from me, and then we'll um, and then we'll get the ice cream to you. So there you go. Seven teams, three they've not played. Did you get the answer, Riley? Uh, I was unsure. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty. I knew we hadn't played for Florida Atlantic. I was pretty sure we hadn't played uh, FIU, and I was pretty sure we hadn't played Florida. But I did get the seven. Um, Texas has seven as well. Those, huh. those are the top, top ones. They don't distract us though from the oh, task. Yeah, uh, how, how about you, Mitch? How'd you do on that one? Um, I had to write it down though. I did not do well. <laughs> I didn't know it off the top of my head. Did you have for a, me? It's two in the morning. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. The brain doesn't function as well. Mitch is, Mitch is like is is. Uh, d- have we played Epcot before? <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> University of Epcot. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. So there it is. Uh, were you surprised there were there were that many, Mitch? Seven. Did you did you like you like? Oh yeah, there, that's in Florida. Were you kind of like that when I was saying the answers? It's uh, it sounds right. Yeah. yeah. There's no reason to dispute it, right? Yeah. Like this, it's, it's documented. Those are the seven teams. So uh, BYU can improve to one and one against South Florida next week. By the way, USF. Defeated BYU in a Jaron Hall start, a game he left injured. Not uh, um, This is kind of a downer, but uh, he started five games now, and he's finished two. Jaron Hall has. Runs around, gets knocked around a little bit. Yeah. It's just one of those things. But let's restate the positive. Uh, he did say post-game. And by the way, I don't think BYU would have put him on the podium if he was in really rough shape. What do you think, Mitch? Right. No, I agree. I agree. And, you know, I think we can all tell Jaron's a pretty positive guy. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I think he's, uh, I hope he's okay. Um, seems to believe that it's not, yeah, not too serious where he needed immediate medical attention, long overdue medical attention. So his whole mode was, yeah, I'll practice, I'll play, yeah. I'm fine. You know, mm-hmm. so we'll see. Um, sometimes it takes a day or two for things to either show up or get worse. Uh, but uh, it does. I mean, you know, you always hope to have your guy there. For 13 starts, but you already know what you've got in Baylor Romney, and that's why there was a battle uh, in in August. And uh, how nice was it for him to come in and do what he did, and help you win the game that way? So, uh, Jason K on the Twitter says, "I've been going to games for many, many years." Oh, by the way, um, well, let's do this. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. We are back, BYU 27, Arizona State 17. Just past 2 in the morning, time to say goodnight, but we'll get one more Twitter in here from Jason. He said, I've been going to games for many, many years, but in my mind, the single loudest burst at LES, Lavelle Stadium, was the Kainakua pick six against Boise in 2015. But tonight, he says, was the most consistently loud night by our fans ever. You were the one of the heroes of the Kainakua night. You caught the pass that prompted the pick six that ended the game. Um, you made the catch, and that was crazy loud. And so you have that kind of experience on the field. And then you had being on the field tonight with a headset on. What do you, what do you think about that assessment? Yeah, um... Two common themes with both of those games, they were whiteouts. I think when the crowd gets in white, it gets loud. So, um, no, but I I 100% agree. I think even back, I mean, 
I've heard people say all the time, like, you know, we haven't heard a game as loud as the 2015 Boise State game. Um, but tonight absolutely um, was, uh, I think it topped it. So let's challenge all of our listeners and all of Cougar Nation out there that's still with us. Let's let's revamp that statement and say that, that it will perpetually be that was not as loud as <laughs> last week or last Cougar home game. Let's just do it. Yeah. Okay, South Florida, look what you're walking into next week. That's right. All right. Let's call it good, shall we? Uh, it's 2.10 in the morning. We're a little earlier than last week, but still another eight-hour broadcast, eight-hour-plus broadcast of BYU football. Good stuff. We'll wrap it up by saying thank you to the crew back at BYU Radio, our engineer, Sean Fay, our coordinating producer, Terry South, our broadcast interns, Bryce Noakes there and Trevor Rich here, our control board operators, Corbin Radford and Andrew Hare, Sean O'Neill, Don Shaline, Dane Craig from BYU Radio Management. Our engineer, Michael Wimmer. Mentioned Trevor already, helping out Michael here on the back row. Our stats man, Ralph Sokolowski. Our spotter, McKay Perry. Our host tonight, studio host, mobile studio host in the booth, Ben Bagley. And our boy Bags, another long night. Good work by Ben. Who have I, who have I forgotten? Have I forgotten everybody? Sound good? Oh, yeah, that's right, Cougar Canyon engineer Barry Squire. So Barry, the other engineer, took care of the pregame out at Cougar Canyon. Barry, a big part of tonight's broadcast as well. I think that does it. So that just leaves. Uh, and thanks as well to the Arizona State and BYU media relations crews for all of their assistance. Very much appreciated. Cameron Truett, Bam Bams, we're thanking you too for what's about to transpire. Mitch and I are going to be there in a few minutes. Enjoy some victory swatchos. And if all goes well... Maybe I'll get a, a jalapeno cheddar sausage that they've uh, saved for me. We'll see how that goes. All right, so for all those folks, my name is Greg Rubel. That means the man to my left is... Riley Nelson. And the man to my right is... Mitchell Jurgens. So in the meantime and in between time, for all of us, this has been BYU Football on the new skin. BYU Sports Network, good night and so long from Provo, Utah.